Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Giving you the real from A to Z surrounding the Dallas Cowboys. News, updates, rumors, transactions, takes, and more. So strap up, Cowboys Nation, and start your day off with A to Z Sports. Live with Will Steele. Three, two, one. Here we go! Welcome to A to Z Sports Live. We're streaming live on YouTube. And of course, I am your host, Will Skywalker Steel. Boom! It is that time of year. Yes, indeed, Cowboys Nation, where Stephen Jones, you know, he gets the. He gets the hold tight. To that cap. He has to protect the pack. So we're going to talk about three cap casualties that I think the Cowboys could potentially get the axe. Two of them, no-brainers in my opinion. One of them could potentially be a surprise. Also in the roundup, we do have a McCarthy offensive assistant signing, so we'll discuss that. Plus, tag, nobody's it. Last year, you had, uh, I think it was Tony Pollard who was tagged. The previous year at the tight end. Nobody seems to be getting a tag. We'll talk about that a little bit in the roundup as well. But what's good with your bomb squad? How you doing? Bomb squad! Mm. If you have AT&T, you're probably not able to watch this right now. If you're out and about driving, if you're a delivery person, if you're a truck driver, because AT&T seems to be down. Fortunately, it's just the cellular service and it's not my fiber optics again. See, I knew I wasn't crazy. The other day, the fiber optics went out and now this morning I wake up and I and I still it's still on my phone right here. If y'all can, I mean, I'll show you, man. Where's the camera? Can y'all see the SOS? Boom, right there. SOS, save our ship. Is is this little icon that's up there if you have AT&T. So so no one can really uh, you know, use the service unless you're using your Wi-Fi. So the Wi-Fi is cool, but the 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 the, the phone service is out. So if you if you're not able to link up with me this morning, then unfortunately you have to run this thing back once AT and T gets to act together. So come on, man, what's going on? And, and so I thought this is something that's an issue with me. Hey, did we pay the bill? We look at the bill. Bills paid. I go on Twitter. It's nationwide. At, man. But we're good to go here. So we got the internet services fine. My my phone service is cool because I'm on Wi-Fi, but the AT&T crossed the nation. Uh, I've seen people in Michigan, Philly, Washington, California, Texas, everywhere. It is it is out. 
Anybody have AT&T in here? You know, if you're in Texas, you pretty much got AT&T. AT&T got that McDonald's ice cream. Yeah, it is right now. Nationwide is not on your side. T-Mobile and T-Maybe. Shouts out to Verizon. That's what I had when I came down here was Verizon. Then I got down here and I wasn't getting no service. So I said, oh, they, they really force you to get AT&T. Tobo says his AT&T is messed up. Oh, uh, man. Okay. Florida said F-A-T-T. I just wanted to know if anybody else was, was, was messed up down here, you know, or across the nation. I know you guys are watching from everywhere, from, from the East Coast to the West Coast to the Midwest to Texas. Appreciate y'all. Uh, yeah, man. We're going to talk about some cap casualties, and, and I got three of them. Should be a fairly easy show. If you guys want to call in, of course, you're always welcome to. No Pat today. We're pushing Pat off to tomorrow for our Fan Friday, so we'll have him on to discuss whatever is happening out here in Cowboys land. So easy show today. Not quite pull, pulling up the TV or anything like that. We got a little homework. We're doing a little work, but it uh, shouldn't be a fairly long one. All right. So let's get into it, man. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. time. It's time. time. It is time for. It's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. Let me talk to you. Let me talk to you, Cowboys Nation. Old Mike McCarthy. Been sitting here watching Mike Zimmer get all his coaches. (laughs) But rightfully so, right? Cowboys had to fill out some positions that were gone. And. Dallas also lost a an assistant on offense that kind of went under the radar. It was reported. We didn't really talk about it here, but Will Harriger, who was only here for a season, uh, he came over as an assistant, I believe, to quarterbacks coach, and he's now been hired by uh, the new Panthers coach, Dave Canales, I believe is his name, to be their quarterbacks coach. He has a history with that head coach over there, so it makes sense. Well... Cowboys went out and got assistant or offensive coordinator in Boston College, Steve Shimko, who they've hired as an offense assistant to replace Will Harriger. Just like Harriger has a relationship with Canales over there, Shimko has a relationship with Shadi. They were working together at uh, in Seattle in 2018-2019 and had some good years together. Those were two really good offensive seasons uh, for Schottenheimer as an offensive coordinator coordinator so they will bring in Steve Shimko the last four years he's been with Boston College and this last season in particular he was their offensive coordinator so I'd imagine he's just going to help out Shadi uh, work with the quarterbacks kind of more in the back row Um, I'll I'll try to keep my eye on him if I get a chance to well I probably won't go out to Cali this year but definitely will be down there at uh, training camp once we once they come back to the star. So, yeah, I'll keep my eye on that and see exactly what he's doing, who he's working with, and things like that. No tag is expected for the Cowboys this year. For the first time in six seasons, by the way. This comes from David Moore. He says, quote, It doesn't appear the Dallas Cowboys will use the franchise tag this offseason. That would uh, end a run of six consecutive years using the tag per David Moore. And if you know David Moore, or if you are, I don't know how, like nationally, I don't, I don't know if he's 
his reputation precedes him. But here, uh, David Moore is pretty much a lackey for the Cowboys. That's kind of how, let me say this, a lackey for the Joneses. With all due respect to his journalistic whatever, we all know he's a mouthpiece. So if David Moore comes out and says, yeah, I don't expect the Cowboys to use a tag, it probably came from the Joneses. Here comes the money. <laughs> Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. I'm just saying. So I don't expect it to happen, and nor should it. It shouldn't happen. Dallas has pretty much dropped the ball on this franchise tag the last two seasons. You might It might not seem like anything. But when you allocate roughly $20 million, a little over it, I think, to the tight end and running back position? What the? First of all, you did the $10 million to a tight end who's not dynamic enough to even warrant a tag. And then you follow that up by tagging a running back coming off of a terrible injury and a depleted market where his tag was the most guaranteed money of the entire free agent class. Soon soon as the running back market started to settle, I think we did a show where it was like, hey, Dallas got played. Played. But for whatever reason, when it is homegrown talent, this dude, Stephen Jones and them boys, man, they just get real dumb with it. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. They just get real dumb when it comes to homegrown, grown talent. Six straight years, twice on Dak, twice on uh, Demarcus Lawrence, uh, tag Des Bryant. Then you got Tony Pollard and Schultz. I wonder if they, how many teams have used a tag six consecutive seasons? And they don't use it, right? They use it as a negotiation tactic. And maybe other teams do that too. I don't know. They use it as a negotiation tactic. They will literally let a dude play on it. They let two of their players play on it. I'm not going to get into too crazy about it, but I don't expect the tag to happen. David Moore reports it, nor should it. There's there's nobody that's a free agent right now that you're going to go tag and 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 say, hey, we need to tag him so we can get him back to the table and discuss. That can't happen. One, because there's nobody out there. Two, you're you're in a weird situation right now with the cap anyway. But again, a quick little click of the button, press it, and you're good to go. You'll have forty million dollars if you want. But that's if they want to do it. I'm having a little trouble with my uh. So I'm going to do this real quick, y'all. Having a little trouble with my chat. I'm going to do the pop-out chat on YouTube. Bear with me. Bear with me. Restream chat acting up. We good here, though, right? Yeah, we good here. I just got to squint a little bit. I don't got these glasses for no reason. All right. So with that said, man, every year, the Cowboys hit this point in time where it's very likely there will be a cap casualty. This season, there's really only one guy that you'll get a, a good, a decent chunk, if you want to call it that. But there isn't there isn't an Ezekiel Elliott situation or a Lyle Collins situation. Those were the two cap casualties the last two seasons where the, where the Cowboys save 
10 plus million dollars. But the thing is, they designated those guys June 1st cuts. So they didn't really see that money until June 1st. They still can do that uh, with these these three guys I'm going to bring up here today. Um, but I don't think they'll need to for a couple of them. I don't really need to in general, but but you get the most, you get the max per se, and you get to split the, the cap hits uh, if you do so. This year, the decision on this particular player, I guess you can put him in the Zeke and in the Lyle Collins category because of the contract, you know, being the, the, the biggest one of the candidates here. I don't think it's a hard decision, though. And y'all know who I'm talking about right off the back. Talk about Michael Gallup, man. Talk about Michael Gallup. First of all, the decision to pay him at that time was, was always a head, a head scratcher. And I've said this to you guys before. If you go listen to, I think it was one of like the crosstalk or happy hour, whatever they call this thing the Cowboys do. He sat down with, uh, hey, Christy. Christy Scales and Brad Sham. And he was like, yeah, man, I was rehabbing and I got the call. And I was like, oh, word. I was just focused on my rehab. I wasn't even thinking about getting a contract with Dallas. I just was like, you know what? Let me let me try to get back on this field, whether, you know, no matter where it's at. And and I, I just I just have to feel like they did that because they like, yeah, we traded to Mark Cooper because this is our guy coming off an ACL injury and things like that. This is our guy. He's usually a run-trick pony. Yeah, we're all right, Cowboys. Let's sign him. They signed him, man. <laughs> and of course... He went on to do exactly what you thought he was going to do the year after his ACL. It was it was not good. It was terrible. So he comes into 2023, and he has another below average season, which makes three consecutive seasons. You could say, well, injuries got fair. You know, he got injured in 2021. He got injured. He come off his injury in 2022. 2023 was not injured. He just got leaped. And even when you look at the one category that you say, okay, receptions, yards, should have more touchdowns, touchdowns. But can is, can he be our go-to guy when I need a tough catch, right? And he's done these. He's, he's had some really good catches last year. But contested catch percentage was one of the things that top of, the, of his game, Gallup, was one of the best in the league at. That has also increasingly declined the last three seasons. From 50%, it was 50-50 at one point, literally. To 42% in 2022, down to 35%. If it goes down any further, you're better off not even throwing it his way in a contested catch moment. And that's his game. That's really the best part of his game, in my opinion. And then you got this statistic out there call open rating, which we, if you're a Cowboy fan, we know that that's not Gallup's game. He's not going to route you up. He's not going to, you know, create a bunch of separation. But that is the statistic, the open rating statistic. He ranked 103 out of 109. Now, to be fair, Tolbert didn't rank that that greatly either. Uh, but again, that's like, this is Tober's first year. I think Tober's going to be a better route runner as he continues to go, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't really worry about that with Tober just yet. But this is this is his game. And, you know, Gallup been here for years. We know he's not going to create a bunch of separation. 
also remember, it was Michael Gallup who was out there hee-heeing at camp about Jalen Tolbert. And it, you didn't have to be there, but if you were, you saw it. But you saw the, the, the preseason. You saw the camp highlights. You heard everybody talking about, hey, man, Tolbert. Tolbert is improving here. And a lot of people try to poo-poo it. Even Michael Gallup couldn't poo-poo it. What can you tell us about uh, Tolbert getting uh, you know, in more going this year and year two? And then Turpin. We're seeing more highlights out there from Turpin. Are these guys going to show up on Sundays for you? Oh, easily, easily. Uh, Tolbert, Tolbert's came a long way. Last year, I mean, it was just, you know, we kind of threw him in there. Yeah. He was just a little bit, you know, shaking a little bit. But now it's just like he knows the whole offense from front to back. Uh, he can play any position he wants to. And he's a daggum good athlete. Um, so I need to watch out for my job, to be honest. He's coming. What'd you say? What'd you say, not job? Hey, that started off as a joke, and it really happened. <laughs> that position gone, bro. It's gone. And he says something in there that sticks out to me. I mean, it shouldn't really stick out because this is his game, but I mean, this is this is a this is a position that Mike McCarthy wants you to be versatile. Jalen Tolbert showed that versatility. Michael Gallup is a one-dimensional guy. Like, if you remember in camp, McCarthy was like, yeah, but you know, we're working Michael Gallup in the slot. We're trying to get him more slot because you need to move around in this system. He's, he's routinely been a guy that's lined up on the boundary 90-plus percent of the time. This year, it went up slightly in the slot, but not a whole lot. He played 46 snaps in there. Then you go look at Tolbert. Tolbert lined up in a slot 108 times. That's 37% of his snaps compared to 10% for Michael Gallup. So Tolbert is more versatile. He may not be as experienced. He may not be better as a, as a know-how just yet. But I do think physically he's, he's more gifted at this moment. And when they threw it to Tolbert, he had a much higher completion percentage than Michael Gallup. And a much higher contested completion percentage in Michael Gallup. So, Tolbert's more versatile. He's younger. He's on the rookie contract. And he started to out-snap Michael Gallup in that second half of the season. Now, it, it was almost even in the sense of games of, of who had more snaps. But Tolbert had five games where he out-snapped Michael Gallup in the last nine. That wasn't the case in the first eight. It was, it was overwhelmingly. Michael Gallup, but even they realize, okay, we we've have to incorporate Tobert a little bit more. So then, you know, you look at the contract, right? And you say, man, Gallup, 14 million on a cap. And, and I look at this receiving room and it just doesn't feel like he belongs in the sense of, Lamb, Cooks, Tolbert, Turpin, Brooks, right? I look at that group and I say, that's something I can, can get behind moving forward, whether it be right now or for the future and get a guy like Tolbert and Brooks. Uh, Turpin, I think, is on his last year, technically. But I look at the room, and they may even add to the room in the draft, but I look at this room and I'm just like, and I and I know I know Michael Gallup had a great game against the, the Green Bay Packers in the second half. I get that. 
So I look at this room and, I, and I'm and I'm saying for 14 mil, you're arguably what four at best. Can't you you just can't do that. So how much money would the Cowboys get, Sky? Well, if they were to designate him a June 1st cut, they would save nine and a half million dollars on the cap. However, four and a half or four point three million uh, will hit the dead cap. The unfortunate part here is that in 2025, they will then get a dead cap hit of eight point seven million. Now they've they've done something like this before where they just they just ate the 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 penalty. And I feel like they'll have to do that here. I I I don't see a scenario where it makes sense to bring this guy back and he's going to basically be your wide receiver four at best if you don't draft another guy. So now I got a wide receiver coming, you know, with a 14 minute cap hit coming into the season that's competing with my fourth guy. Yeah, I, I don't see that happening, you know. So this one just makes too much sense to do. I'd be willing to figure things out with the Lamb, Cooks, Tober, Turpin, Brooks, and whatever potential wide receiver they decide to draft than Gallup at this point. There's nothing to figure out with Gallup. You know what Gallup is. And with all due respect, because again, not everybody's going to be a quote-unquote dog, right? They're not going to have 53 dogs, unfortunately. But he, he just, he, do, he doesn't, he doesn't, I don't know, man. He just feels like he doesn't want it. And that's not fair to say. Now I'm getting into parts of the game where you you, you really can't quantify it for real. That's that's kind of being unfair. But I don't know, man. I hear them ask him, you know, you know, hey, man, don't you want the ball a little bit here? What's going on? He's like, ah, you know, whatever, man. I'm just happy to be here. I'm not saying cause any issues, but I love how Brandon Cooks handled it. When Brandon Cooks was asked that question, Brandon Cooks was like, look, man, y'all not finna get me. Y'all not about to get me all riled up. Let me tell you something right now. I understand patience. I want to be involved with this offense for sure. I know what I can bring to this offense. 100%. I can add another level to this thing. It will come. My time will come. But I definitely do want the ball. But I'm not about to, about to make a big deal out of it. But I'm not just happy to be here either. Like that's literally what I got. Hey man, I'm just I'm just gonna go out there, man. Just you know, run my routes. I'm just as long as I'm just happy, man. <laughs> oh dog, Michael Gallup, I think is an easy cap casualty. This is this is an easy one to me. Uh, I'm trying to read these damn chats, man. It's tiny. Is Tobert ready? Is Tobert ready for wide receiver three? It feels like it. I mean, this year one rookie season. Don't know what's going on. Year two, clearly. He made a jump. I mean, you saw it out there. He was when the play broke down. Dak was going to Tober to to the point where they trusted him in a fourth and eight situation, right? So I do think now year three, you see another jump. I I don't see why he can't be in that that wide receiver three conversation. Uh, now if they draft a guy, now he's going to be competing competing with that dude because or Cooks because Cooks might bump to three. But that's a whole another discussion that we'll get to post free agency. But yeah, I feel like the ascension for Tobert is there, 100%. He didn't line up that corner. Nah, you're right. He's there for the paycheck. I hate to, and again, I, I feel dirty even talking like that for a guy because I don't know what's going on in his mind. He, he may really want it. It just never really felt that way to me. 
I don't know. And it kind of always, maybe that's just his demeanor, right? Because there was times during over the years where I'm like, hey, Gallup, my guy, he's, he's literally dragging you and you just cool with this. But, but that may just be his demeanor. Not everybody is 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 like that. And when you when you hear about who he is behind the scenes, he's very. I don't want to use the word shy. Maybe that's not, I, I don't know about that. But he's very reserved, very chill, quiet. I don't. Want, you know what I mean? He's that type of guy. Let's get a couple calls before I get to my second one here, man. Uh, Four oh eight out of AZ. What's up? Uh oh. 408 going once. You might have got me muted. Four, oh, oh, yep. You almost got so. 408, you there? Or 480. I'm sorry. That's probably why you like. Four eight. You got me here? 480. My apologies, bro. My apologies. Yes, sir. Scott, can you hear me? Yes, sir. I got you loud and clear. Hey, this is John Q. How are you, buddy? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, Put you, you in know, here, John Q. Just, talk, just talking to you about about or listening to you about this. I mean, we all had a we all have like an affinity for for Michael Gallup. You know, I I agree with you. I think he unfortunately you got to be <laughs> he's not the same guy anymore, right? So you, especially for that type of money, you know, we got to let him go. I hear you. Um, who who else were you talking about on your on your other two cuts? Um, potentially. No uh, tank. Oh no no no! Actually, not one. No, um, but I don't want to give away the rest okay. of the show. <laughs> but no, no. no yeah, I'll, you're I'll, good, you're good. We could we could talk about Stop we could that. we could talk about tank uh, if if you want. Is that somebody you're you're thinking about here? No, you know he's such a good. Uh, so here's what here's my problem is we got torched obviously by a few different teams in the run game, especially like we just couldn't stop it and. You're telling me that we're going to now take Hank, who's one of our better run defenders in general with experience, and kind of hit the reset button for some money. Uh, It's tough to do that. Um, I know that he's – I wouldn't do it, honestly, but I I can see numbers-wise why it makes sense. Personally, I would keep him, and I would bring back LVE if he can play on a a cheap deal. just for some little, just for like an insurance kind of thing. And then I would draft, you know, a lineman. I would draft in the, in the trenches and definitely draft a, a linebacker. Um, I, was I wanted a... to, really, the reason I was, mm, the reason I, I was calling, though, I, I had a, I had a, I had a thought for you and I, I just wanted to run it by you real quick. Sure. Oh, so, so it's been in the discussions and with a couple of friends of mine and we were talking about it and it's just been floated out there as well. But people are talking about having Micah Parsons drop back into a linebacker spot. And I think Vach hinted, hinted on it a little bit too. He showed some tape, but you know, it's kind of, it's, it's one of these things where if let's say Latu drops to you at 24, which we'll see if it would happen, but let's in a fantasy world, let's say it happens. Do you take him there? And then drop Micah back, knowing that Micah is what 250, and he can run a 4-4, and he's experienced, you know, I, with our team that is not linebacker that that type of role. But now you have solidified the linebacker position with a guy who we love. But you're also in the flip side taking him out of his best position. Yeah, you know, this... I mean, 
This is a uh, this is this is one of the more heated debates for the last two seasons uh, in Cowboys Nation. Honestly, I mean, we've had it here a bunch. Um, my, my since his rookie season, I've always felt Micah is is would be fantastic as a pass rushing linebacker, right? So he's linebacker, and when you need to rush him, you rush him. But because he's done so damn good as a, I mean, you could argue he's the best pure pass rusher in the National Football League at defensive end, and right. statistics would back that up, film could back that up. It's like, damn, do we pull him back? And in the conversation internally that was happening, listen up, the conversation internally that was ha- internally that was happening was they did not feel confident to pull him off the ball uh, and get the same type of pass rush. And you could argue that was true because you didn't really have that person to be able to do it. So they continued to use him there. And then when they did moonlight him at linebacker, you saw some of the abilities. So this is a situation where his own damn talent is causing a ruckus within Cowboys Nation because he can be, in my opinion, an elite backer full-time, but he's also shown to be an elite lineman full-time. So your question, though, Latu and then move Mike at, I would say, Will, I, me personally, I'll be A-OK with that. You won't see me crying about it on this channel. That's for damn sure. Because I think he, he right. as long with adding some beef in the middle, pause, with the defensive tackles and then getting <laughs> a real middle linebacker and then obviously with Tank and then, you know, whether, whether – and I'll say this because Professor O brought up Latu or Verse – Latu, I think, and somebody asked me why I like Latu. Uh, just I, I like a guy that has a bunch of tools in his toolbox. And this dude, to me, there, there's right. nobody better in a draft that has more tools than him in that, in that regard. But Verse, more more speed to power guy, crazy get off, but can defend the run. Like I get that too, right? If you decided to, to grab him as well to help with the run. But nonetheless, get a real middle linebacker, Micah yeah. next to him, get, get some defensive tackles. I think right. your run defense improves alone right there. Right there. So right. the, the the conversation is warranted pending what they decide to do. If they And I said this before too, John Q. I'm not sure if you was watching the show. I said, if you decide to keep him at defensive end, you need to attack backers strongly. If you decide to move yeah. him to backer, you need to attack defensive end strongly because you don't have a guy on this roster that can generate the pass rush at the rate that Micah can. You move Micah. The problem now becomes we don't really have a dynamic rusher. That's the problem. And that's been right. the problem internally for two seasons. Right. right. You're you're expecting, you know, Latu in this example or Sam Williams to have well, well, well Latu, production like Micah to drop him back. And that's just, you know, we're we're assuming that Micah's are growing and growing on trees here. No, and the reality no. is He's extremely <laughs> yeah, special. You got to keep him. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, yeah. that's, the, that's the point here is like you draft Latu expecting to get 10 sacks. That way it's not, you're not losing much with, with him, you know, taking Micah out of his best position and then putting him into linebacker. Right. But you're assuming that this rookie is going to flourish at a Mark Micah Parsons level when he's only, what is he averaging 13, 14 sacks a year on, on a Randy White type of extremely talented Pace? Well, like, no way. You can't. Well, John Q, if, it, right? if they move him, it, so to me, drafting a guy like Latu would be attacking the position, a position aggressively, because you're you're spending a first round pick on him, and I think he's a top tier pass rusher. So that makes sense, right? Like, all right, if we're going to move Michael, then you better address right. that position either in free agency or in the draft, and, and you're addressing it. You're, you're addressing it aggressively. Right. But if you say we're moving Michael to linebacker, we're not going to draft the defensive end. We're going to just be confident in in. Uh, 
Golston and and Sam Williams and and Junior yeah. Hoko. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I I'm with you. I, I see the idea. My friends were were talking about it because also here's the other thing that that comes into play is. If you drop Micah back into linebacker, does his value, instead of going to like 35 mil, go to like 25? You know, and I don't think they're thinking like well, numbers-wise like that. If, but if they had did that you know, if, two years ago, then maybe that's right. a conversation. But that's too late now. That's sure. gone. Yeah. Like Micah, yeah. Go, Micah could go play safety. He, got, he about to get the craziest bag on defense because yeah. he already showed you – that he's a dynamic defensive end, so they, they, they that that's gone. Yeah. They they didn't drop that. If they wanted to, if they wanted to pay Mike at linebacker, they would have kept his ass at linebacker through politics. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. That's why uh, you know you don't need if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Especially if it's producing at that high of a level. Personally, I would never do that with Latu. I mean, I, I think he's a great player. He's not ideal for our first round pick. Mm-hmm. I, I would somehow draft ja- Jackson Powers Johnson. If he's there, I mean, God, I think it it fills up a lot of needs, and then and then look at a second round linebacker. You know, even even <laughs> let's say Powers Johnson is gone, right? Uh-huh. From trading from twenty four to like thirty, or even like you know with Carolina at thirty three, if they you know are wanting to come up a little bit, and get get a third or a fourth, because now you're cooking with like now I w- it wouldn't hurt me as much if you got Edger and Cooper at thirty three, you know, if that's what you wanted to do. You know, I, I I still think that they should get, uh, they should look at Bobby Wagner, for what seven mil, five mil. Well, yeah, I, I mean that would be that. Yeah, I, I'm all for adding a veteran linebacker or two. I think in it free would cost agency. that much money, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, I mean, you know, the Cowboys in free agency, but they're really true. That's one of the first guys they kind of have in for a, a conversation. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, hey, John Q, fantastic call and discussion. You, you definitely touched on some other things we'll get at as we go on throughout the offseason. But uh, continue to tap in, brother. Appreciate you. Hey, man, have a good one. Take care, buddy. You're doing a great job. Thank you, sir. It's John Q, man. He usually calls in on Vacha's show. To see him over here, I'm pretty uh, pretty happy about that. Hey, Aaron dropped a super chat that I want to discuss real quick. Super chat. I was actually having a conversation about this with, with Foots and then I saw something that might make me, I don't know. We'll see. So uh, he dropped five and said, honestly, I believe in Zimmer's scheme. I do as well. He says, Micah will be a linebacker to rush downs, and then he mugs the A-gap on pass downs. So I was talking to Foots, and we were talking about, hey, man, what do you think Zimmer's going to do with Micah? And off off the top, I was thinking the same thing, right? Like, hey, man, I think he's going to be a wheelbacker. I only think he's going to be a Mike. I think I think he can move him to wheelbacker with the thought process of them addressing defensive end. And then I heard this clip from Zimmer. And I'm, I have second thoughts now. I'm going to show you guys this clip real quick. And I forget where else I was I was reading. I was listening to a podcast. Shout out to Marcus Moser. And I know a lot of people don't like him. But I was listening to Locked On Podcast. Uh, there was a Vikings guy on that covers the team. And he was talking about how uh, Zimmer can be a bit of a chameleon too, where he will tailor some things to the talents of his uh, player. So if he believes Micah is going to be a rush in, then he'll keep him there. But I want y'all to listen to this real quick. This doesn't sound like a guy that's going to move Micah to linebacker. However, 
you, you never know. But just 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 take a listen to this real quick. This is this was um Mike Zimmer talking about using Michael Parsons on the Thirty Three podcast. Active player, he uses his hands well, and and they're going to need him to play well along with their secondary in this game because we saw what Tampa did last week uh, to the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, I think it's 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 going to be a big factor there. You know, the the thing that he has uh, he has such outstanding speed and get off of of being able to um, get across the line of scrimmage. And you know, when when I was working for Parcells, we had Demarcus Ware, and he he said to me one time, "Why would you ever drop this guy? You know, just let him go." And sometimes I think about Parsons the same way. You know, he's he's a guy that uh, can really really affect the passing game, especially. But you know, I think they do do they've done a nice job with him. You know. When they line him up inside, you know, he can be the extra wraparound pressure guy, um, you know, when he's lined up off the ball. But, um, you know, he's a guy that that really dominates when he's on the line of scrimmage. So I heard that and I was like, hmm. And I was actually going to save this for whenever we got to to more Zimmer breakdowns or whatnot, but. Did y'all get a chance to hear that, man? Does that come off as a guy that sounds like he's 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 going to drop Micah back at backer? And, and look, this is just him discussing that this was like last year or whatever. So things can change. You know, you get in here. Maybe he says, yeah, I do want to put him next to Eric Kendrick. Yeah, I'm just trying to talk it into existence. Put him next to a middle linebacker, and we we mug the a gaps. We can drop him back. We can wrap him around. We can do our when we decide to stunt. He can be our loop guy, things like that. But this dude said, "Hey man, what makes him great is he just go, go get that cue. Why would you ever drop him? So that's going to be one of the more interesting things to watch. What? Is Mike Zimmer going to do with Michael Parsons? When they asked him in the press conference, they didn't even really ask him. You know, this is why I love Mike. He, Zimmer's just, he going to be grumpy in general. Uh, John Machoda said, well, what, how, what do you think about Michael Parsons? How do you feel about him? And he went on, man, you know, this is a great player. And, you know, it's fun watching. But let me tell you something. I'm not about to tell y'all jack about what I'm doing with Michael Parsons. And, 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 and basically, you could feel John Machota just clutch his pearls. Like, oh, sir, I didn't even ask you what you was going to do with him. But Mike said, just in case y'all about to ask me what I'm doing with Micah, I'm not telling you until I sit down and we talk to Micah. So I think there will be a conversation. Zim is going to look at this dude and say, God damn it, this, this, this guy can be fantastic off ball. This guy is already shown to be amazing on the ball. But here's, and I it's not like a broken record until it is addressed. I don't think it's Micah he's going to have to have the real conversation with. I think it's going to have to be Steven and Will. Hey, man, here's my thoughts. I want to play him at backer. I want to play him at defensive lineman. But in order for me to, to make this commitment full time, I need a commitment from you to make sure that I'm, I'm good elsewhere. Because if I move this man off the ball, you motherfuckers don't go get me a pass rusher. We're doomed. If I keep him on the line and you roll out Marquise Bell and Damone Clark again, we're doomed. I need assurances. So I think the wrong conversations are being had. I shouldn't say wrong. I shouldn't say wrong. I think we're having half conversations 
oh, man, Micah here, Micah there. The reason why we're having these conversations is because the Cowboys never adequately put the guys around Micah to make whatever decision you wanted to do the best one. And you can say, well, the best one is to make him a rusher. The best one is to make him a linebacker. Well, the problem is whenever you decide to do one of those two things, you are completely diminishing the other. That's all. Toxic said, keep being a broken record, man. It's 100% truth. I appreciate it. Sometimes I wonder if y'all just get tired of me saying the same thing, but I do think it is a legitimate argument. Or not an argument, a legitimate conversation. Now, 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 John Q brought up, John Q, hey, hey, John, you got to call it another day and give, give me more of an explanation. I, you said to bring back who? LVE? Let's talk about LVE, man. To me, this is another no-brainer. You want to talk about the Grim Reaper coming, you know, getting the axe and being a cap casualty, I mean, dude, this is not, this is a no-brainer. I am not bringing back LV. I didn't want to bring him back last. I didn't want to bring him back in 2022. And, and and it's not a knock on the dude, right? Like, he ain't really a middle linebacker. They got him playing middle linebacker. But let's just put the game aside alone because, to me, he's a replacement-level player, in my opinion, which it's not a bad player. It's just he's, a, he's, a, he's a decent. Okay. You know, whatever. Let's talk about the injury history. Because this is reason numero uno why you move on from LVE. 2016, cervical neck pinched his nerve. Missed half the season in college. 2019, surgical neck stinger. Missed some games. 2020, broken clavicle. And after the season, he got surgery on the neck. 2022, missed four games because of a neck injury. With the Jaguars. 2023 missed 13 games because of another neck injury. Cowboys Nation. You hear neck, 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 neck. And it ain't the good neck. If you know what I'm talking about. There's no way I'm bringing a guy back with that list. Alone. Oh, well, you get people. Man, but the Cowboys missed him. I would say it was the same thing I said when he left the other year. The same thing. When you are so depleted at a position that the guy that may be missing was better than the, I won't call him bad, but whatever you want to call him, was better than said players, but he wasn't that damn good. It may look like, oh, yeah, we missed. You move on, man. You move on. What you going to save on LVE? He's going to count $4.3 million on the cap. Uh, It's kind of crazy. That he even has a two point two blade that cat like what Cowboys like this this is what makes me this man right here Stephen Jones not saying that two million dollars is some 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 crazy number right it, but it, but it's money you can use that money to go somewhere else how, how, what kind of contract did you negotiate where a dude who has this type of injury history 
were you not able to get out that contract with nothing to pay after the fact? Like, how did you get railroaded in an LVE contract negotiation? How? So it's going to cost the Cowboys 4.3 million or four. It was a 4.3. I said on the cap. And if they were to designate him a June 1st cut, it would be the same thing, except you would suffer zero dead caps. There is kind of the other hope. If you were to release him now, you essentially break even if I'm not mistaken here. So let's say, okay, we want to designate him a, a June 1st cut. You're not going to get the $2 million after June 1st, which let's be real. $2 million shouldn't sway you one way or the other in free agency anyway. So at least you get that $2 million post June and you can go sign your bottom barrel, you know, random running back that they bring in, your Ronald Jones or whatever, right? So I think in this case, you do designate him as a June 1st. Because you you don't want to have some damn dead cap money hanging over your head. Not for a guy with this injury history. No, sir. So if LVE retires, if I'm not mistaken, Professor, you can correct me on this one. I still think it it it, it counts the same way. There's a dead cap. I don't think it's like you get some type of like retirement uh discount. But I could be wrong now. So John Q. I hear what you're saying or like insurance and all that, but I'd rather go out and give me some other insurance because technically insurance is supposed to be something that you can rely on with something else falters. I can't rely my ins- I can't even rely on my insurance, man. No way, no how not doing it. Cowboy Mike, good morning, good sir. Bruh, come on, man. I was out there. The show was going good. I got two words on LVE. Hell no. Nah. Mm-mm. That's it, bro. Hell no. No, 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 no. To the no, no, to the no, no. Hell no. But anyway, I'm caught. now I'm going to get back to what I want to talk about. Man, Micah Parsons with a guy like Zimmer coming in. Mm-hmm. I've been I've been studying a little bit on Zimmer's background. He's a mastermind. Yes, he is. I even think I even think uh, R.I.P. to our boy. Uh, I can't remember his name now. Our last defense, Dad DQ. I oh, love you, okay. DQ, man. You you got us back on top. But talk about a one trick pony, man. Zimmer is not a one-trick pony. And if I'm going into the draft with Michael Parsons, this is where you come in, Will Steele. If I'm going into the draft with Michael Parsons, I'm looking at all the players like, okay, in Mike, I have a defensive end. I have a linebacker. Now, I'm asking you this, Will Steele. Would you take the best DN available or the best linebacker available because you have a chess piece it's in too, Micah. It's too early. It's too see, I, and I and I totally get the draft conversations, but I do believe it's too early to decide on that because we don't know mm-hmm. what we're doing in free agency. If the Cowboys go out there 
And y'all know, let's just, oh, all right, we can oh, play oh, hypothetical. Oh, yeah. Let's play hypothetical. Y'all know my, my, my hypothetical all in, Frankie LaVou and Josie Jewell. Or let's say it's Frankie no. LaVou and Eric Kendricks. Guess what? I, I, then I'm not taking a linebacker early. I uh, got my eye on somebody. Yeah. I got my eye on a guy for free agency, but I don't know what Tampa's going to do with him. You know who it is. Devin White? It's D- yes, DW, man. And I'm not a fan. I, I, you're not a fan? Nah, I, you know, I, so yeah, like if they use him as, two, three steps. so maybe, I, look, so maybe new, new surrounding, maybe off, you know, play that will side in this defense, maybe, uh, but he's, he seems like an OC type of dude out of control. I don't really think he particularly defends the run well. He's athletic. He can get after the pass. So that's for sure. Um, but, right. but I don't, I don't, so I don't, I'm not we, a, need, yeah. we need a field guy. It's just going to step up in the whole boom. Read and react. I mean, we definitely we need an A gap thumper. We need that middle linebacker that's not afraid. I don't. I don't look at Devin White as a middle linebacker. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, we got another. We got another card in the back. We got Overshone. That's a will linebacker. Gonna do, but that 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 ACL man. Yeah, I exactly. That's a will. Good spot. That's a will backer coming spot. off the ACL. I I I, I for unfortunately I, unfortunately I have to look at him and say. Look, you here, but I can't really count on you. So I can't go into free agency in a draft and be like, no need, because we got overshone. Dude coming off of ACL. If, if anything we know about ACLs, I take a year to yeah. get you to get back. So And that's that's the thing, man. When you at backer, it's all kind of bodies down there. You could fall over over some it's just a bunch of freak injuries that happen in that, you know, in the in the A gap. So Yeah, yeah but you can't man. be afraid. Like like like, see, we, we, we showed, <laughs> like, right. did you watch the show yesterday, bro? I put the film on of Eric Kendricks, right? Let me go ahead and put this a little bit more. Look at oh, the, no, 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 I seen that. I yeah, bro, it. look at the difference with Eric face. Kendricks sticking his head and neck in there, man. You know, and then go look at LVE. He don't want nothing to do with that because guess what? But when anytime hell, he hell do, no. Hell no. He, on a, he on a table. You know what I'm saying? But you know what I liked the most about your film yesterday? was when he was in the film room, the stuff that dude was saying. He said, right. man, I read my keys, and if the key tells me to go here, I go there. I do not well, put a key in the door that's not that's going to expose the whole team. That's, that's to like, be, you to, know how your to, mama to, used to say, close the door. To be fair to Cowboy Mike, to LVE, his IQ was never in question. I don't question no, that. Never, he, he usually sees it. He, he, just ain't, he, just, he just ain't getting there because he don't want to get there all the damn time. I don't want to get hurt. That dude be reaching for win, bro. He reaching for win. The running yeah. back come down through there, and he just a step too late. I would love to put his IQ inside of like a a, a D White or somebody though. Oh yeah, I mean if, if I could put the put together the perfect linebacker, it'd be one of those. Right? You know what I'm saying? Like a, an athlete <laughs> like Devin White. It, it, yeah, yeah. One Remember that old school movie Weird Signs when they made that chick. They made oh, weird signs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I was <laughs> funny <laughs> I thing you brought up weird signs. That was actually going to be the title of of uh, me and uh, uh, Patrick Nosey Walker's uh, segment, but we we switched and we ain't want no problems. Uh, y'all should have did that, man. We ain't want no problems. Fire, we ain't want no problems. Good. They find well, out hey, somebody from the I Cowboys. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I got one more thing. Uh, Michael Gallup situation. Man, mm. how in the hell? Do you come on an interview talking about the guy behind you 
and you got to feed your family, and you talking about, I got to worry about my job. <laughs> man, get out of town. Man. Yeah. Pack your bags and go. He, he's, you ain't a, he's, we need competitors, so, bro. So, look, he was I'm giving. Serious, practice. But, Mike, he was giving like, them props. Hey, I, Mike, he was giving him props. They asked him about oh, it. No, to be fair, I, hell no. I feel good. They they asked him about it, and Mike and Mike was like, "Hey man, you only stepping up." He ain't had to throw that last part in there. You know what I'm saying? You know, he had to, yeah. but he threw it in there, and it ended up coming true. So you know, he he yeah. held. Thank you. Sorry about that, Will. I was picking up an order, man. All good. What you get? Yeah, uh, you in the drive through? Uh. So nah, uh, I'm on. I'm actually on the staycation this week. I had a ten days vacation, and they oh, was man, like, "You lucky. gonna lose it? We gonna use it or lose it? You better use it or lose so it, bro." I, uh, I'm doing some little door dashing for some extra cash. Right oh, there now. we go. Hey, that hustle, man. Yeah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. We got. We shoot nowadays, bro. You gotta have three strands of income. Facts to make it. Facts, brother. Facts. But hey, Cowboy Mike, appreciate hey, the call, good brother. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Good call, man. But. LVE, hell to the nom nom, y'all. Don't call in talking about LVE no more. We got to let that go. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that's the ex you don't look back. Don't ever look back. Let her go. She gone forever. All right, brother. Look, <laughs> that's the ex with no neck. Hey, uh, all right, bro. Appreciate the Cowboy Mike. <laughs> Listen, man. You guys, stop doing this. Though. Stop doing this thing with LVE. Like all jokes aside, though, like like all jokes aside, he needs to sit down with his wife and his family and say, "Do do I want to continue to keep going through this? Cervical neck pinch, cervical neck sting, broken clavicle surgery on my neck, another neck injury, twenty twenty two, another neck injury, like there's more to life than football, man." There's more to life than football. <laughs> All right, this last one, and then we going. I'm gonna, we just gonna get to the phones, and we gonna hit the chat. <laughs> this last one is is interesting one here, y'all, and I, I don't want to say. Yeah, hey, I call it a surprise. It could be a surprise to many people. But as I as I as I go on with this one, maybe you'll understand why I have him as a potential cap casualty. It is a a tricky one. And I know the Super Cooper Trooper Troopers is about to come out in waves right now. But hear me out. I am admitting, I'm prefacing this, this is tricky. Super Cooper Trooper Rush, Mr. We Have Arrived. Potential cap casualty. Whoa, what are you talking about, Sky? Cooper Rush is 5-1 and one as a backup. Fair. Fair. But let's be real. When you trade a fourth-round pick... For a former top five pick, still on his rookie contract. He going to get a shot one way or another to show that he at least is a competent backup. Furthermore, we're talking about Trey Lance here. Trey Lance is wildly inexperienced. 
He's inexperienced in practice. He's inexperienced in games. He's inexperienced. So he needs all the practice reps. He needs all the preseason. He needs it all. So if let's just hypothetically think here. If you, we're going to hand, and I don't like to do this, but let's say we're going to hand Lance those reps as a backup. It doesn't feel right, but shit, you done gave up a fourth-round pick. You got to figure something out here. And we know from a talent standpoint, is he more talented than Cooper Rush? Yes, he is. But he is he, is he a total, complete quarterback? That's to, to be decided. That's to be decided. So you got to see what Trey Lance has. So if Lance is going to get the reps, that pushes Cooper Rush third in the pecking order. And that's an expensive third quarterback, believe it or not. Or let's flip it, right? Let's say, okay, you keep him around. Let's say you do not release him as a pre-June 1st. Let's say, because you, you know, you don't, you know, you could get the $2.2 million right now, right? Like you can have roughly $2 million. You can count the dead cat. Roughly $2 million right now if you release him. But let's say you don't, you keep him around, you go through some 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 OTAs, you want to see, okay, hey, can Trey Lance beat Cooper Rush? Let's say Trey Lance does not beat Cooper Rush. So now Trey Lance is the third quarterback. I don't give a damn if it's Trey Lance. I don't give a damn if it's Cooper Rush. Whoever the third quarterback is in 2024 is entirely too expensive. See, last year, Trey Lance cost you less than a million dollars on a cap for a third string quarterback. Makes sense. This year, he's going to cost you $5.3 million on a cap. Conversely, Cooper Rush is going to cost you $2.8 million on a cap. That is over $8 million allocated to the backups. Mind you, in 2023, no third-string quarterback cost you $2 million. Not one. So if Lance can't beat out Cooper Rush, you got a third-stringer that's going to cost you five? Come on. And if Rush doesn't beat out Trey Lance, you got a third-string quarterback that's going to cost you three? There has been no third-string quarterback in the Mike McCarthy era that has cost you even a million in cash. So, yes, Cooper Rush, 5-1. Familiar with this team, been around for a while. They drafted him, all right? Wasn't he like a seven-round pick or something? Undrafted, whatever it was. You know, this is a team he started with. But Jerry went out and spent that goddamn fourth-round pick on Trey Lance, and he's going to cost you 5.3. And we know, Cowboys media, you know how we do. Jones is... Jerry said, I don't got to ask nobody about trading my fourth round. I'm just saying. There can only be one. So it feels like to me, it's going to be Trey Lance by default. Even if y'all believe this man ready. Fourth round pick, five million on the cap. Why would I mess around with Cooper Rush at this point? 
you do need arms. You do need bodies and all that stuff anyway. So maybe this is what they do. Maybe. And I don't even know if this is a possibility. Maybe they say, well, cut your Cooper Rush, but we'll sign you back on a veteran minimum deal. And a veteran minimum deal might not even save you much money. You still might be paying close to that $2 million anyway. So I... Cooper Rush, y'all, I'm telling you, it's, 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 I think it's a sneaky one. It's tricky. It's tricky because you could argue 5-1 and one and all that stuff, right? As a backup, quality backup. But it's also hard to argue this. Third string quarterback costing you three or five million on the cat. <sighs> hasn't it wasn't done last year, and it hasn't been done under Mike. So one of these two gone, and how many of y'all believe is it's the one on the left? Come on now. So I'm saying. Let's see what y'all talking about. 972, what it is, what it do. Hey man, good morning. Great show as always, buddy. This is Thanks, Michael, man. by the way. Thank you, Michael. Hey, just a few things I wanted to touch on. Okay, I know this was over a month ago, but what the F happened in, in, to our defense in that playoff game? I mean, it seemed to me like it was a perfect storm of the defense imploding and offense imploding at the same time. But, my gosh, Dan Quinn, the way they played, it looked like he was doing sabotage, man. It looked like he was intentionally trying to make yeah. us look bad and get us whipped. What the F happened? Um, so you're, here's, you're a smart guy, so I, want, I, want ah, yeah, I appreciate that. But I'm just look, man, I just see what y'all see and, and I try to understand it and talk it out with y'all. Um, I, I just think, man, <laughs> we, we just got we got our not only did we get our asses kicked physically on the field, I do think we got our asses kicked uh in the coaching booth. I, I, I think this was oh, both God. sides of the ball was some of the worst game planning I've seen from them in, in the entire era of McCarthy and 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 um Dan Quinn. I've, I've never seen shouldn't say never but but I haven't seen Dan Quinn get thoroughly mm. outclassed like that in in a, in, a, in a big situation even if you go look at some of the big you know inner inner division games or conference mm. games aside from the the Niners um it, it was mm. you still see them fight throughout the game they it was a wrap bro after that second drive it it was over I mean it was over from the first drive after they gave up the penalty but there was just no answers there was just no fight your, your coordinator up in the booth, so he can't be down there to try to put some fight. It when it's a and shots oh out to boss God. man, who's who who boss has this this quote where he says, you know, when it's an individual, we look at the individual when there's an individual problem. When there's a collective group problem, I look at coaching, and I think that is a fantastic you know way to view it. When when you see mm -hmm. as a collective, you're in team, but your unit look that way. I gotta look at the coach. Like, how, how did that happen? I tell you, man, I'd live and die with the Cowboys, but think about this. They had won 16 straight home games before that game. 16 straight going to last year. That's why I From felt so confident, brother. <laughs> I was so, I was so I confident. I said, hey, man, 16 in a row, hey, ain't no way. I remember listening to Patrick C. Walker talking about, oh, man, the Cowboys are going to score 40. It's going to be 41 to 10. I mean, you know, say so it's going to be like a big blowout and stuff. And he had great points because we're using all this logical data about them not losing in 16 games. And then for them to be the way they were on TV and the way it happened, this is why, like I said, I'm a diehard Cowboy fan, but they were – there's never been a year 
well, there have been other years, but this year was the year for them to at least get to the championship game. Then they probably would have been boat raced by San Fran, maybe. But this was set up beautifully. They had home field to the championship, and they still lost the first game. So mm-hmm. if they go 17-0 and next year or 16-1, and it won't matter. why would anyone in their right mind, let's say they won eight, nine straight home games, this last thing would happen? So How could anyone ever feel like they would have a ever chance? Great question, Mike. Uh, or, yeah, Michael. There's only really w- one way that you even remotely get the fan base to say, okay, there's there's a little bit. I mean, you're going to have excited fans in, in general, but I'm talking about beyond excitement, like I'm confident. That's the word. Confident mm-hmm. fans. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be about the how. I think, and I think Michael brought it up in CD, I think from a how standpoint, we kept pushing things off. Now here we talked about it, right? But what I do all the time is say, man, look, the data keeps telling me this isn't changing. This sucks. That you, you absolutely need to fix the run blocking. You need to fix the, no, the, the how you're running, the process, the scheme, and things like that. But it's unfortunate it's not happening, so we're going to have to lean on 88-4-3-87, right? Mm-hmm. So the how really was a blinking red light. Hey, man, this, 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 I don't know if this is going to work going way through the playoffs, which is why we were like, hey, we need home field. Because if we get home field, we can play our game, right? So mm-hmm. the only way I think – Fans can can remotely be confident as if the how looks like playoff football leading into the playoffs. You could argue it did not look like playoff football leading into the playoffs. Seattle, the defense was you just going up and down the field, right? Um, Buffalo, you get boat raced out there on the ground. Miami, your defense can't close it out and you can't run the ball. Mm. You're fumbling and dumbly doing all this crazy stuff, right? There really wasn't mm-hmm. any real playoff football momentum heading into the playoffs. And I will admit, I ignored it because I'm like, we got home field. We had the credit, man. Yeah. We can play the here-we-go offense. Problem was, conversely, when you look at the opponent you were playing, they were playing playoff football. And it got to the playoffs, and they whooped jazz. Mm-hmm. One last thing about Mike Zimmer. When people say, I don't mean to be Debbie Downer or be negative Nancy, but his think about his last game, his last season for the Cowboys was 2006, correct? Yes. And if you remember what happened in 2006, that was the Tony Romo fumble. Tony Romo fumble. When he fumbled the, and then, but see, people don't remember. They had the ball. Seattle had the ball on the one yard line, and they still had time that they stopped Seattle. They never stopped Seattle. Matter of fact, I remember Alexander went right up the middle and closed the game out against uh, Zimmer's defense. So I, when I think about Zimmer, I think hey about man, that. I, I, come on, you come on, Mike. Come on, Mike. You, <laughs> I'm sorry. You, you, I know, you, all the things have happened in that damn game, right? Terry Glenn fumbles <laughs> the ball out the back of the end zone. Jason Witten gets robbed for a first down. That was a first down. Should have never been oh. fourth down. It's the first down. Oh my God. Jason Witten so gets true. robbed. So true. Tony Romo gets a kicker ball and fumbles <sighs> it. But Mike over here, like, hey, Mike Zimmer, dog, you got to be able to be. I don't know, man. I don't know, brother. But I, I hear you, man. I hear you. All right, buddy. I appreciate it, man. Yep. Keep great call. Appreciate it. Thank you, man. Thanks. Yeah. Regular season, man. You'd be 17 to know. No one's going to really care. Um, but I do think playoff football, that's 
I'm, I think I'm gonna try to write that down. That's what we're gonna have. I'm gonna have to really like hone in on that. What is playoff football? Are you balanced? Do you go into this postseason as one dimensional team? Yes or no? I need to know. I don't care if it's running or pat. If you go in one one dimensional, you're in trouble. Can you be balanced? You have a tough physical defense that you can rely on. And you cannot turn the ball over. Like that can't go in the, in the playoffs, turn the ball over. I, I don't care <laughs> what the reasoning is. Can't do it. So those three things, can I see that leading in? And then maybe you get like a slither, like a little slither of confidence from Cowboys Nation, but you ain't getting a whole lot. Not getting a whole lot. Rightfully so. Flag on the play. Magic City. What you got for us today, Magic City, Marv? What up, what up, what up brother? How you doing, I'm man? I'm listening to you. Yo, you did good. I was you showed the D tackle from uh New England and the D tackle from the Colts. Yeah, that had to be beautiful right there, boy. Oh we. Yeah, that's I, what I'm dreaming. <laughs> yeah, you you like uh God Show. I like God Show too. I was talking to one of the commenters. I'm like, hey man, you know, he felt that uh shots out to him, by the way. He felt that, you know, he's not as good as Hankins. And I'm like, I don't know, brother. Go, go. Go watch, go watch a few games. Just don't, don't, don't watch the box score. Just watch him, right? Just watch. I usually try to tell people watch three games. If you have a chance to get the all twenty-two before you come away with a consensus, go watch him, man. He he does his job. He, his job ain't to be. No, he does his job. Boy. Yeah, you ain't I, I like that. Him. I like him. Ooh. Yeah, you're not moving That's him, bro. Right there. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, he's hard bro. to move. Let me just say that. He's hard to move, man. That was That's not meant. the BLS. Oh. The linebacker and D tackle, but uh, the guy said Zimmer. <laughs> he said it. Oh my God, that was so corny. Come on, man. Come on, man. He hey, he made he just traumatized, bro. That's all. You know, he, the last thing he remember is is uh Sean Alexander closing out the game. You know. But but yeah. I tell you one thing I remember, the the one thing everybody remembers is Tony Romo dropping that damn ball. Yeah, Tony Romo dropping the ball, and like you said, they threw a screen to him. It should have been uh, T.O. instead of him. I was mad that day. I was like, oh my god, what is he doing? They it's like the one dude said, we always do something stupid. Don't we do something stupid for some reason? Do a backwards <laughs> pass at the what was we at like the one <laughs> to Terry Glenn? <laughs> to Terry Glenn, who thought of that? That's a great play by the defender though. Uh, but but still, golly, oh, man, changed the momentum. Was, man, that defense was rocking Seattle. Man, come on, man. Zimmer defense always be stupid. But like you said, if they keep you in the game. We gotta find out a way to win. Mm-hmm. I remember. Uh, 2021. That's the time I give uh, I get Dan Quinn some credit there when he was um, against San Francisco. He had two minutes and 47 seconds right. left, and we still couldn't drive down the field and score. That was horrible. So that's what we. That's what Dak Prescott. He got to get better. If it's two, if it's two minutes left, the defense gets the ball. With two minutes left or two thirty, you gotta go score, bro. Yeah. You can't be talking no, about 2022. You know, 
Yeah, it was at 2022. Yeah. The 49ers. Yeah. And, and they it, beat us at home. Oh, no, 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 no. At the crib, we drove down there at the crib. But as you know, this, we decided to do a damn, I don't know what play call that was, bro. But Dak Prescott running and then time run out. So they got with the scoring. Yeah, yeah, that's the second time. Mm-hmm. His defense stopped him twice. The first time we had it. And then they, remember, they, they did some, I don't know, it was Keller Moore was calling. And then we got the ball lucky. He got it back lucky. Uh, uh, no. I'm trying to remember. I mean, I don't want to go too far back, but I do remember we got the interception and we scored to make it a one-possession game. And yeah. Then it kind of gets blank from there. But I, I, I think uh, more yeah. the, the the one that really was, was, was worse than that, because you had a chance in that game, was at San Francisco with more than two minutes left to go. You had a chance to go down. That was the one. That was pitiful, too. Mm-hmm. I just tell them more because I seen when I told my friend from San Diego, and they was, he was doing the same thing in San Diego. When it came, you know, he looked pretty. Then when it came clutch time to go down and score, he could never score. Oh, I know. San Diego. I, 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 trust me, I know, man. The the game-winning drives or whatever, fourth quarter coming, whatever you want to call it, the, the numbers almost were nothing once Kellen took over. I know. And, uh I think he. I think Dak this year, if I'm not mistaken, had more game-winning drives or just as many in one season as he had the previous three under Kelly. And and to yeah. me, and, and that's something I said the same thing about something to watch when Kellen goes over there with uh, Justin Herbert, who notoriously has been a guy that's been able to win some game-winning drives. Even his numbers went down from that point. Let me go see what Justin Herbert had. Now he got hurt, right? But yeah. Well, before he got hurt. Hey. He had one. So the the previous three years before Kellen Moore, um, Justin Herbert had 13 game-winning drives. He had one. And he had plenty of opportunities before he got hurt. Oh, my God. I was like, they got – and Scott in that San Diego game, remember? We got lucky, y'all. The receivers was wide open. They Remember that? Ah, I'm not – man, look, I ain't even calling that lucky. That just happens, bro. It just happened. Hey, but mm-hmm. what what would you if we move back for some that we need that? I know they want to get a fourth round pick because we don't have one. If we move back and the center's gone, who would you take, Scott? And the center's gone? Yeah. Man, it's probably like twenty people. I'd be comfortable with taking you know, in the twenties or if you move back to the thirties. Uh, it might not be a bad idea to trade to trade down, depending on who's there. But it's again, I'm not gonna fake it to you, bro. Like, I it's just too early for me to zero in on one or two or three guys. Now, you want to talk about positions? There's a handful of those, but I I'm not, I can't just narrow it down to one player because everything can change in the next month. The Cowboys go out and and address that position. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. I just we it's just kind of way to say. What if they don't? What if they cannot bring back Tyron Smith now? Tackle. I mean, it's already been—it's already up there, but I mean, now it's super blinking red light. Now you got two offensive line positions you got to decide on, right? What if they don't yeah, touch linebacker? What if they do touch linebacker? What if you know? What if they don't bring back Gilly? Like, like, there's just so many questions that need to be answered first before I can zero in on one specific player. We just gotta—we'll we'll see in two weeks, will we? Um. Yeah, roughly, roughly three. Yeah, about three or so. Uh, you know, the, the the league year starts March thirteenth. The Cowboys can technically re-sign their own guys prior to that, 
But y'all, y'all know mm-hmm. how it goes. Dallas is likely not going to participate in the first wave of free agency. So, hey, can you tell your your uh, your guy to come on scientific? What's his name? Pat. Please, Pat. If you look, Pat. 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 I heard you yesterday on the break. All right, Pat, what, you, please. what you want me to ask, Pat? Never Gallup. Never Gallup more Pat. Oh my God! Come what on, what did Pat say about Neville? I hear he was he was acting like we gonna miss Neville Gallimore. I couldn't believe it, man. Come on, Neville Gallimore ain't been seen since <laughs> Pittsburgh in twenty twenty one or twenty twenty, whatever it was. Neville Gallimore's horrible. He get moved out, can't get no rush. Sometimes the players need to go somewhere else. They I mean, can't do it. When they put on that cowboy suit, Marv, they busted. I would be shocked if Mike Zimmer looked at Neville and was like, oh, yeah, I got to bring that guy back. Now, I could be wrong. And I come on here and be like, hey, I'm shocked. He brought him back. But tomorrow's yeah. show, we're going to discuss some um, that, that specific position. And um, he doesn't quite fit the mold. Yeah, he doesn't. We need some big, big laws. But um, I love them two guys you showed me. I was, I was very impressed. I said, oh, I know the coast guy. You ain't moving him. And that guy from New England, you ain't moving him. I read all three. That's my wish. That's my wish list. Him, him, and Hankins. Oh, my God. I, if if, I, if, if I had to guess, if they let Zim do his thing and get some a little bit of bread right for ages, I think you're going to see multiple guys. I don't think you're going to see just just Hankins as your, your lone space-eating nose tackle. Like, I don't yeah, think that's going to be the case. Yeah. You're going to see a couple of them, Marv. Appreciate and, you, though, and, Magic City. And the last thing. Yep, last the thing. The last thing. Uh, I always, uh, your boy, uh, he got a new uh, run coordinator to help him with the running game. Oh, Paul Gunther? <laughs> Defense? Yeah. Well, mean? well, they got another one. I'm talking about for the, uh, for the offense. They signed him yesterday. N- no, I don't believe he's a run game. I, I, I don't think he's a run game coordinator. But we talked about, <clears throat> excuse me, we talked about him this morning. Unless that's something that popped up today. I, I think he's just an offensive assistant. Jeff Blasco is still here, and he's technically the run game coordinator. Well, we got we got to just get that better in our run defense. I think yeah. we'll be okay. I just I, I, I'm glad you. My last I just I'm just waiting to see what they do. That's all. Man. I'm just sitting back. And always, waiting. always, man. Appreciate you, though, Mark. Good show, man. Love your show. Hit them likes for my boy. Let's go, Cowboy. Let's go. Salute. Salute. Can't let Marv go without a salute, man. Yeah, I think uh, Steve Shimko, is, is, he'll probably work with the quarterbacks because that's what Will Harriger did. He was working with the quarterbacks, but hey, maybe, maybe, maybe uh, Shoddy say this Blasco thing ain't going to work. Uh, Shouts out to you, Sully. Appreciate you dropping a five in the Super Chat. Super Chat. He says, if we can get the center and can't bring back Tyre and slide Tyler out and put Bass at guard and rock out, I that makes sense to me. Um, I don't know what the I, I don't know what the team is 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 really considering here. Um, Broadus says something on one of the on the podcast. I think it was the one with Bobby Belt. Love of the star. Shouts out to Brian. For many different reasons, but shouts out to B. Uh, where he's like, look, I'm over this position flex thing. 
I'm drafting you to play guard. I'm drafting you to play tackle. This is what you're doing. Stopping all this waffling. Because there's two sides to it. One side is this one right here. Hey, man, you have the flexibility to say, hey, I'm, I'm going to get this player and bump Tyler out or keep Tyler here and grab that player. But, but then you also have the other side of just keep him there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wherever it is. I don't care if it's tackle or guard. I think he's going to be phenomenal. Wherever it is, just keep him near and then build around that. But that's not a that's not a bad plan. You lose out on Tyron. You know, you, you move Tyler. Bring it, I mean, look, that's not a that's not a terrible plan. Do you get weaker at one position? Sure, but you was gonna be weak at one position anyway. Now the other plan could be to take the tackle and and you you find your center maybe second round, maybe get Zach Frazier, you know, because I don't see two centers going in the top 40 picks could be wrong, but how many times does that happen? Oh, I'm hey, still them boys. You brought up, um, you brought up Lyle Collins, <laughs> but I want to bring up what you said earlier. <laughs> Yo, this, Hey, still them boys. I might have to change this whole thing from, from cat boy. Still, them boys said Kappa fella. Oh, you know how we do. Say Kappa fella forever. That's hard. I'm still in that, bro. Kappa fella. Hey, who can make one of them black and whites? I, I need something hard. I need I need Jerry and Steven at a table discussing a deal with uh, Will McClay hovering over him or something. You know, if you watch wrestling, you got the bloodline. Like and then I need a cap of fella turning into an album. Co- oh. Come on. C- Catboy's gone. I don't care about the monies today. Sorry, A to Z. You ain't getting it. Because I'm letting this ride. Kappa fella. Hey, still them boys, you goaded, bro. All right, man. Just talking about it here. Ain't that smooth, though? Brock didn't look too bad, but it would be nice if we drafted O-line. Yeah, I don't know if I'm counting on Brock to, to, to be my every down center just, just yet, you know. Um, I like I like to look at Brock as... Get, get out of here. I like to look at Brock as my utility guy. You know? I can't get over this cap. Of I, I need somebody to make this graphic for me. Like I could make graphics for YouTube, but I ain't I ain't I'm not doing that. I need somebody to make this graphic for me, man. This that that is That's why y'all the best, man. Bass and Hoffman got good upside. I agree. I agree. Uh I think that gives me confidence on the interior for depth. 
confidence not quite the same from a tackle standpoint, right? We got to see what's up with Awesome. Get this dude. Can you get ball off? Get him up off my team, man. What are we doing here? Get, get ball up off my team. I don't care for Matt Walesco anymore. The dude's shoulders broke. He has to make a crazy leap. You keep him around because you draft him in the fifth round and you see what he can do, but I feel like this dude can't make a punch without tearing up his shoulder. Yes, sir. So, shouts out to uh, our version of Big A in the building. We did talk about Steve uh, Shimko in the roundup, brother. Offensive coordinator from Boston College. He was with um, Boston College for the last four seasons. He's basically replacing Will Harriger, who was working with the quarterbacks for one season uh, under McCarthy. But he went on to be quarterback's coach. For a guy he's familiar with, he actually coached with in, I should might have been Seattle, which is funny, but he coached with Dave Canales, I think is how you say his name. And, I, and look, this might be, might be a little racist by me, but there's a Canales furniture around where I'm at, and I just, I'm just thinking of Canales. Might be Canal, might be something else. But <laughs> shout out to Canales furniture. They gave me some furniture. Um. Steve Shimko is likely going to be working with the quarterbacks, Big A. So we'll see. He specialized with the run game. I know he was a tight ends coach, so this will really be interesting. Because Jeff Blasco is the run game coordinator. I think that's why Marv might have said what he said then is a run game coordinator. And this guy I know worked with like the tight ends and then became the offensive coordinator at Boston College. But again, I do wonder if he steps in here and not him, but if Shoddy says, you know what, Jeff Blasco, thank you, but no thank you. And we move forward with this guy. That is interesting. Appreciate it, big guy. Hope that answers your question there. All right. Uh, good show today. I knew it was going to be a smooth, easy show. I didn't even think we was going to go this long, but we did. Don't do that to me, Rolo. It better upgrade. Don't do that to me. On your way out, please do me a favor if you enjoyed the show. I thought it was a fairly good one discussing our cap casualty candidates. I thought these were realistic and fair ones. I, I do think, though, um, let me see if I can pull this up. I do think this one is the mo- the most interesting one because I don't believe you're going to carry both of these quarterbacks on the roster next year at that at those cap hits. So let's keep an eye on that move forward. The Cowboys are going to have to make some type of decision on many things. You got the Dak Prescott contract coming up. He's getting an extension, so going to boohoo about it. Get get your tears ready. It's happening. Um, same thing with CeeDee Lamb. If you're going to boohoo about it, get your tears ready. It's happening. They're going to clear up some cap space in that manner. But there's other buttons to press here. You're talking about the cap casualties. You're talking about uh, potentially restructuring other guys' contracts to create space. And if you're truly all in, which I don't believe it's true until it happens, there are easy buttons to press here to create the space you need to go out and get quality guys in free agency and to make, in my opinion, quality trades that won't cost you a whole lot from a from a uh, capital standpoint 
but may hit your cap a little bit more than you're used to. Uh, talking about a guy like Jonathan Allen. Jonathan Allen could be, you know, if you trade for him, which I don't think is going to happen, but he's going to hit your cap big time. But even then, you know, BJ Hill, we talked about, uh, Devon Goshaw, those are guys that are probably going to hit you five plus million on the cap. Last year, they did that with Gilmore and Cook. So that's why I was like, maybe they feel more comfortable doing it again. So we'll see. With that said, man, let me go ahead and press this button. Get up out of here. Make sure y'all tune in tomorrow. Push the goddamn button. Push the goddamn button. We got Patrick Nosey Walker in the building for our scientific method segment. Marv wants me to ask him about Neville Gallimore. Y'all think I should start some mess? We'll see. I am going to talk about defensive tackles, though, so maybe it'll come up.